Welcome to Communion House Podcast with Pastor Moses Anderson, a ministry raised by God for the rebirth of the early church, with a strong commitment to seeing others rise and shine as in those days. Get ready for this timely teaching and encouraging word. So, I digress just a bit because I don't want to forget to say this. A couple of months ago, maybe about two months ago now, I was standing here, it may have been Tuesday or Sunday, I do not recall. But then I said, no, it was a Tuesday night. I said, I know the things that the Lord is showing to me, but I have sought the Lord concerning you that you will see also that which the Lord is doing. And I prayed and I laid hands on people. The first person that jumped up was Will. He was like, pray for me. It was a Tuesday by Wednesday. He was studying the Bible and God took him in the spirit and he saw a continuation and elaboration of what I said I saw. I said I saw a plot, a political plot that is going to be pushed through some in the corridors of power to sway the people of God that even some of the remnant that have been holding off from being deceived will be deceived. And then the Lord revealed to him the players within the plot. Even in that vision, he saw the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Because he said to me, he said, Pastor, he said, but why those politicians were striking their deals? He said there were four men. And as soon as he said that, I was like, yes, those are the horsemen of the apocalypse, ensuring that destruction is, in fact, effected. Wednesday, Thursday, Manuelita saw the same, almost the same vision. And so I know that God heard my prayer. Because he said to me, he said, I already showed you the secret. He said, just do it again and tell them to have faith. And what did we do that day? We broke bread again. And I said to them, as you break that bread and put that bread of the body of the Lord in your mouth and drink that wine of the blood of the Lord Jesus, have faith that you will see like the disciples on the way to Emmaus. You, you have to see the Lord in his manifest glory, not as he was. Because those were disciples who walked with Jesus for years. And even though they had known him for years, after he was made manifest, the glorified Jesus was no longer apparent to them. They did not know who he was until he broke bread. And that is where most of us are at. We read the Jesus of the Bible. But when we see him in operation in our lives, glorified, we don't recognize him. So we broke bread and eyes were open and folks began to see. And on Friday, Alan saw a vision. He said to me, he said, I see a chip been put into someone's body and they said to the person they said look if, if you don't like it we can take it out this is only a trial right they said you can take it out but what did you see after they took it out the mark of the chip remained even though the chip had been removed and while I was reading the message because when he didn't say it in words he texted it he typed it and sent it to me while i was reading it the holy spirit was giving me the interpretation of what i was reading you know what he said to me he said to me he said the beast is a serpent <laughs> wow i thought that was enough okay let's go let's go let's go let's go let's break it down some more <laughs> He said, the beast is a serpent. He said, what did I show John? He said, did I show John the sting of the beast or the mark of the beast? Your heart is a virgin. The moment he gets this virgin, even though the perpetrator may be gone, the mark is left behind you cannot gamble with your trust you cannot gamble with your heart if they come to you in the name of the Lord promising salvation promising deliverance promising prosperity promising whatever it is make sure it is the Lord before you open up because even though they say that it's only a trial that we're going to take the chip out if it doesn't work for you. They would say to you, oh, you know what? Because we don't know how this thing now, some people may react to it. Some have reacted this way. Some have reacted that way. But just to be sure, if the reaction, you're not happy with it, we'll just take it out. And many people will say, okay, let's give it a go. And then, when they take it out, what John saw was not the sting of the serpent. 
He said, behold, they had, they had the mark of the beast. Folks, we cannot gamble with our hearts. We have to know as we are known. We have to be resolute. We have to be clear. We have to have an understanding of what the Lord is doing upon the earth. And I know this principle like the back of my hand. I can almost, almost say simply because the Lord taught me a while ago about the mark of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan doesn't manufacture anything. He doesn't do anything that he hasn't see, seen the Lord Jesus himself do. Paul said something profound about the mark. He said, henceforth, let no one trouble me because I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Wow. <laughs> he says, it's the mark. That's all it takes. You don't have to test my blood to see that it matches Jesus' blood. He came in here. Yes, he did. You may not see him as he was. Because Paul said it. He said we no longer see him or know him according to the flesh. Because it was a quick work of righteousness. He passed through me. But he left the mark. He says so now you cannot trouble me. Because I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the devil was like oh. Okay. I don't have to leave my fangs in them. I just need a bite. And once they let me bite them, guess what happens? The venom may not even kill them, but the mark will be on them. Because remember that the devil himself is not the angel of death. He's, the Bible says the thief comes not but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But how does the devil kill? The devil kills the, way, the same way the Lord gives life. Can I prove that to you very quickly? Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says that if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal body by his Holy Spirit. The way the Lord raises you from the dead is he puts a mark on you, the mark of the anointing, so that when the Holy Spirit comes, he raises you. Right? And that is the way the devil kills. The devil puts a mark on you. So that when the angel of death comes. So if you don't get it just yet. I can help you. There is a verse of scripture that breaks it down even better. Come with me to Revelation chapter 4. I know many people have been confused about this. Even me. I missed it for a very long time. Until recently somebody asked me a question. He was like. She was like. Are there four horsemen or five? And I had to think about it because I've always believed that there are four horsemen of the apocalypse. But that there are five things that were done. And the question was not like, oops, what did I miss? Let me show you and then you would appreciate the reason why you need to be mindful of what mark you carry. Revelation chapter 4. And here is what it says. Actually, chapter 6. Revelations chapter 6. Let's start reading from verse 3. No, no, let's start from verse 1 actually because um, it's a long reading. I was trying to save us time, but there's no way around it. It says in, yeah, it's a long reading, but I'm telling you, for the sake of those who may have the kind of experiences that I have, there are times wherein a whole passage in the Bible and related scriptures appear to me as one verse. Yeah, you've, you've expressed it before. And so when I'm talking to you, I'm thinking in one verse because there is one theme that the Lord has allowed me to receive. And so when I say, oh, let's just quickly look at it. But then as soon as I got there, I was like, oh no, it's not just one verse. It is a lot of things. So if that happens to you, it's not, um, you've not lost your mind. You're just um, getting the mind of Christ. So the Bible says in verse 1 of Revelation chapter 6, it says, Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, 
And I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, come and see. And I looked and behold a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him. Now, thank you, Jesus. I remember something that I was going to share with you. Because it's time to get close. I had a picture that was forming in my heart earlier and I shared it at the ring of fire. It's about to get cold and you need to be warm. How do people stay warm? Logan, they get a blankie. <laughs> right? It's very simple. Oh, it's cold. I'm just going to cover myself with a blankie. And so people stop there. That is not the most effective. It is only a first step. It's like standing on one leg. The next step is to find a heat source and get close to it. Right? Because if you go to Antarctica and you cover yourself with a blankie, you will just die slowly. <laughs> what is that thing called again when people freeze to death? Yeah, hypothermia. You're just, you're just going to die slowly. And that's what's happening to many believers. They cover themselves from the oppression of the world. Let me give you an example. Somebody gets hurt in church. And the church that is supposed to provide warmth. The community of believers that is supposed to provide warmth. Now hurts, hurts them. And so they isolate themselves. And stay at home. And cover themselves in the blankie. Remember the woman from last Sunday. That the Lord said to me. needs to get out from under the covers. And come to be in the gathering of believers. That she may be saved. Many people are like that. They come out from the congregation of the righteous. And, and two and a half months ago, I also saw a picture of one who was standing on the, on, on the ledge looking and contemplating whether to jump or not. And the Lord says that one needs to be with the children who are sitting around the fire. And the fire mused to the voice of God. And the Holy Spirit, the Lord said to me, that is my spirit responding to my voice. But the fire was where the children gathered. You see how these things have been connecting? So that's why some of us need to go back and listen to previous messages. Because yeah, the Lord has spoken to you about your situation. But you have not paid attention. And yes, you're still hounding him to speak. And the Lord is like, what else do I have to say? I've been speaking. I've never listening. You see what I mean? And this lady is still under the blankie. Even though two months have passed. And the Lord says, tell her to get up. Because this is what happens as I was saying about keeping warm. You come out from the congregation of the righteous. The assembly of firstborn. The church of the firstborn. And the company of innumerable angels. And then you go in isolation because they hurt you. Now you're cold and you want to cover yourself up. And you stay there and you're wondering why you're not getting any warmer. It's because you're dying slowly. It might be warmer under the blankie. But your own flesh is getting cold on you. And so what we do is we find something to cover ourselves. But we stay around the fire. Because let me tell you something. Things are different around the fire than they are away from the fire. So I saw that picture today and I shared it with you all. I said folks need to be closer to the Lord. You need to spend time in his presence. Because... Last week, it was just last week, I said it here. That the darkness comes, and you know the things that come with the darkness. The darker it gets, the colder it gets. Some people say, well, but that night is still, is still warm in Africa. But not as warm as it is in the day. Okay, so everything is relative. But I tell you what, when you have abject darkness what the bible calls deep darkness then it's cold that's why they call it the ice age okay i'm not teaching evolution but what i'm telling you was the deep was ice you know when the bible says the spirit of the lord was over and over the face of the waters it was deep darkness and when there is deep darkness there's no light source no heat source water freezes but they don't want you to know the truth. That's why they tell you, oh, there was a time it was called the Ice Age. Yeah, it is coming again. The Ice Age is coming again. But the reason why I remembered was because I started reading here. And it talks about the four living creatures. 
That is English. Revelation talks about four living creatures. The way it was translated, it was translated as the four living creatures. Have you ever asked yourself, so the other angels, were they dead? You know in the presence of God, there are angels, right? You have the seven spirits of God. You have the 24 elders. You have the, cher- the, the, the seraphim, right? You have angels in the presence of God. But the Bible singles out four of them and calls them what? The living creatures. And you're like, okay, so the other ones are just statues. Statues. That's, that's what do you call that? that statues, yeah. Well, English sometimes can be tough. And some people are like, okay, so maybe that was why the temple of Adidas in Greece just has, it had a lot of statues there. Oh, that's why the, you know, this temple and that temple has statues. No, those angels were alive too because the Bible says that they flapped their wings and they sang songs. The 24 elders were alive too and they sang songs. So that should let you know that the four living creatures does not mean that they are alive. Because every other thing in God's presence was alive. You know what it really means? The four living creatures. It talks about the four creatures that give life. They're not just alive. They are life giving. Can I prove that to you? Remember when God planted a garden east of Eden. God knew what he had just done. He had just reversed the ice age. He had just separated the waters from the waters. He had just created the firmament. firmament. He had just put the sun, the moon, and the stars and the firmament of the heavens to give light and to be for signs and for seasons. He had just spoken by the word of his power for trees to come out of the ground to bear fruits according to their kind, holding the seed for the continuity of life. He had just said all of those things, which the Hebrews called lambda, which means continuity or the continuum. He had just set every one of those things in motion. And he realized that, wait a minute, My work here is done. I'm about to step back into eternity. But the garden is not going to make it because the darkness will look to come back and take over the life that we have introduced. So what do we need to do? We need to ensure that there is a life-giving process. And how did he ensure the life-giving process? He connected the garden of Eden To his presence. So that the four living creatures. Which are the four life giving creatures. Can give life to the garden. And they flowed from the presence of God. As four river heads. la 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 la. The four river heads. But the four living creatures. The four life giving creatures. Alan is like, why did I come today? (laughs) See, the Bible, see, God is so lyrical that he will say the same thing to you in many verses. Jesus told the parable of the kingdom using many, he told the, the, he shared, let me say this slowly, the principles of the kingdom using many parables. But it's the same principle of giving to receive everything he was saying he was trying to tell them that your world is upside down in your word in your world to be rich you have to keep adding to your wealth but in the kingdom you give in your world you hate your enemies in the kingdom you love he said the parable he said the kingdom of heaven can be likened to a man who finds a precious pearl and then it gives away all the other precious pearls he's got he sells everything to buy just the one and people are like, that's crazy. You just need to add the one to the ones you've already had. And Jesus says, no, that's not how it works. So a lot of those parables are saying the same thing. And so when he talks about the four river heads, he was talking about the four living creatures. And if you must know, he was also talking about the angels that eventually will bring destruction upon the earth. But it depends on where you are. When you are close to the fire, when you are in his presence, those creatures will give you life. But when you are away from him, it becomes death. You see? Because, let me tell you something. When the Lord wanted to reveal the truth 
what happened the Bible says that a lying spirit departed from the presence of God while it was in the presence of God you cannot lie in that place because it is all truth because the light is there but that same spirit by the time it got far away from the presence of God to where it delivered the assignment it became a lying spirit I tell you what folks if you're not staying close that heat that is supposed to keep you warm and alive is going to be taken away from you under your blanket away from the flame and you will die slowly You see, you need to be close to the Lord. Simply because the same thing that God has issued, was it on Tuesday that I was teaching on why the darkness has come? If I turn off the light in this place, Logan, you can no longer see. If all the light source was cut out from this room, can you see? No, you cannot. You can't even see your hand in front of you. And God help you if he's as tan as my own. You do not see anything in the dark. But let me say this about the darkness. When the Lord is present, the darkness that by default obscures your vision, enhances your sight. It was just Tuesday, guys. Did you forget already? Who was here on Tuesday? Did I not say that on Tuesday? Behold, I am like my father. I am saying it in a different verse. <laughs> but I am still telling you what I told you on Tuesday. That the reason why God allows for the darkness to come is because he wants his children to find their way back home. And that was the moment when someone says, well, thanks, father. That's so helpful. <laughs> we are in this world and this world is going to hell in a handbasket. Been pushed on a trolley so it's getting there faster and we need to get out of this ship before it sinks and you sent what again torch lights no oh you send the darkness wow clever daddy you are but he is indeed a wise God wisdom is his nature he sends the darkness because the moment he is present that which kills then gives life how did he give you life did he not give you life by the sword the sword historically kills but when John the beloved saw Jesus he said proceeding from his mouth was the two-edged sword swinging in every direction was that not the same word? He says he has given him, he has given them his word and it heals them freely. First of all, healing them of their death, restoring them unto life. The same sword that killed brought life. You were here the other day when I said the same sword with which David cut off the head of Goliath was the same sword that put David's head back on his neck when he had lost it. The same sword. What changes everything is the presence of God. So for those who were not here on Tuesday, let me explain so you can catch my drift and we can continue. You see, the father brings the darkness in the last days simply because the message and the map that will navigate you back to him is written into the stars and you cannot see them in the daytime. <laughs> Suddenly, it makes sense. It's like, because I love you so, so much, and I want you to see, so I first of all bring the blindness. Because if you're not blind to the world, you will not see the kingdom. Matthew, as I'm talking to you, can I see the screen behind me? I can't because my back is to that. And this is what I am seeing. But if I become blind to this, by turning my back on this, then I see that. And God is saying, yes, I bring blindness. So that then you can then see the light. What did, what did Jesus say? He says, I have come. So that light can come to the ones who have been sitting in darkness. He didn't say light will come to the ones who are so-called enlightened. But the key is I am come. When he comes, when you have the presence of God, he says darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the people. He says, but you will shine because the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Let me tell you something. Another word for the glory of God or for the presence of God is what? The glory of God. It is called the Shekinah. Shekinah means the manifest presence of God. 
And so Moses was like, if we don't see your glory, we're not going anywhere. Because the sun may be up in the sky, but we don't trust that thing. Because it can stop and stand still and cast a shadow upon the plains of Aijalon. Even while itself is over the plains of Gibeon. Behold the things that I say to you, I say to you because I know that even though you may not have articulated some of the things that I have said, your spirit listens and your spirit is cut from the same cloth as mine. And so you will get it. But I tell you this for a fact, ladies and gentlemen. I would encourage you like Joshua encouraged the people who listened to him the day he was talking about the sun and the light that it gives. He was the one that describes the plain of Aijalon and the plain of Gibeon and the position of the sun and how that brought light to them but brought darkness to the enemy. He didn't stop there. In Joshua chapter 10, you know what he said to them? He described it a little bit and he knew that they were not getting it. So he said to them, he says, okay, now you go do the research. He pointed them to the book that contains the details of what he was saying. He says, are not the details of the things that I speak that they found in the book of Yasher. So that they can go and learn. And so I want to encourage you. It may sound like a mystery, like dark sayings, like I'm speaking riddles sometimes. But I encourage you, understanding has been prayed for today. But understanding is not given like a Christmas present. Understanding is given like a treasure. You have to seek it. That's why the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Seek her as though she's priceless. Like precious rubies. But while you're at it, seek understanding too. Because they kind of hide them in the same place. The Holy Spirit was snitching on where the Father hid the treasure. He said, find wisdom, but understanding is somewhere around. So, if understanding has been prayed for, that means it's been put where you can find it, but you have to seek it to find it. So, now let us come back to what I was saying about the darkness and the way things operate. You see, when God is present, then you can get his presence. When he is present, he unfolds and unveils the things that have always been there. Things change and become life-given. Even the most dangerous things, like the four living creatures, when they are in God's presence, life is what they give. When they are in God's when God is present, everything begins to give life. Everything begins to give life. In God's presence. And so what do you need? You need to be in his presence all the time. So that the things that are meant for death becomes life. Why am I preaching this message today? I asked the Holy Spirit when he inseminated these messages in my heart in the middle of the night. I said, why? He said, because it's Passover. He says it's Passover and the angel of death is coming. But it will only pass if you have the mark. It would pass only if you have the blood of the lamb. If the blood is present with you. If the lamb is present with you. Death will pass you by. And so death is coming to the world. But it will become life to you. Because you have the lamb. And so ladies and gentlemen. I say to you today. That when the four living creatures opened the seal, they said, come and see. Because when we're here in God's presence, we're all nice and, and, and good people. But when, once we go out there and we open the seal, it, it gets ugly. So don't get it twisted. You see, this guy that is sitting here and smiling is a Marine. When he's here in God's presence, he's a nice guy. But when you see him on the other side, far away from this place. He can shoot him. He's, he can, well, let me not. Because next week I still want people to sit next to you. Verse 2. It says, And I looked and behold, and a white horse, and he who sat on the horse had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. I tell you that the figure of speech that this one is, to conquer to, to go conquering and to conquer talks about global dominance. There's never been such an expression in scriptures. I've read this ones and I've read the other ones. And when you look at it in life, there's never really been a time where a phenomenon has conquered globally the world. The Romans, as efficient as they were, they did not get to world dominance. But COVID did. Verse 3, it says, when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, come and see. And another horse, fiery red, went out. And it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth. 
And that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. I believe it was the 8th of September of last year. 8th or the 9th. Whichever one is my mom's birthday. I shared here. Oh, mom, she's watching. It's the 8th. It is the 8th. Because sometimes I forget that my mom is online watching. You can see her comments. Her name is Eunice. You can see. You know. It's her. So, I said on that day that the Lord revealed to me that the fiery red horse has come. Remember that the first one that was on the white horse was given a crown, a corona. And then after that, what happened? People started to beat on one another. People started to jab one another with the sword. We have never seen the world this divided. We have never seen people being this offensive. All of human history, there's never been such a time as this which Jesus spoke of in Matthew 24 that nations will rise against nations, kingdoms will rise against kingdoms, and brothers will take offense at one another. People are now so aggressive. Let me tell you something. You tried post anything today. You tried. No matter how mild it is, somebody will still sneak something into the comment. You're celebrating your child's birthday and there is more than one child in the bouncy house at the time. And people are like, y'all are not social distancing? In the, in the bouncy house? No, we're not. No. Deal with it. No, we're not. We're having fun. Okay? Because you can't have fun and have fear at the same time. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you want to jump out of the airplane? Oh, yes, it's called skydiving. And it's so much fun that, look, no matter how many videos you watch, you cannot experience it unless you jump. So, deal with it. I remember when the automobile was made and people were like doctors. A band of doctors came together. They formed an alliance to put an end to the production of cars because they're like the human body was not designed to go that fast. Okay, who told you? How do you know? They're like it's just not it, 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 the organs will, will shift out of place okay and then they come back to where they were blessed be the name of the Lord and look at us today we're going 0 to 60 in 1.9 seconds and our organs shift to the back of the seat and we call it what? fun stop trying to scare me for what God designed to entertain me and to give me life Oh, the angel of death is coming. Yes, because those lazy Egyptians who have held us bound need to die so we can go. Because when you're with God, it is not evil. It is good. It is only when you're away from him that life becomes death, that the rivers of life then become the flood of waters that wash away the souls of men. So I would rather stay with him and have fun. I am not social distancing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, not today. Yeah. You may come tomorrow, but I'll be gone. Because the trumpet is about to blow. Verse 4 says, another horse, fiery red went out. And that was the one that brought division. And verse 5 says, when he opened the third seal. Now remember, this is the third seal and the third horseman. What does he say? He says, come and see. And so I looked and behold, a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And Tuesday last week. For you people who don't come in here, next week, if you join the communion house group on Facebook, you will be able to watch the message of Tuesday last week. Okay, you're welcome. In that message, I prophesied about the forthcoming scarcity or the ongoing scarcity. What did you say? Yeah, scar scarcity. Yeah, I'm saying it the way that it looks. Yeah, so scarcity or famine, or inflation, or price hike, whatever you want to call it. And I spoke about it in detail and how the scale, it's a mathematical equation for economics, right? It is derived from the law of demand and supply in the presence or taking into consideration what? Scarcity. Am I saying it right now? So that's what the scale is. The Lord showed it to me. It's right here. And you look at the effect of the scale was what? A price hike. The Bible says that what? After the scales were given to him, verse um, 6 says, And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley, barley for a denarius do not harm the oil and the wine. So basically a quart of wheat will now sell. For a whole day's wage, it's like buying a loaf of Hawaiian bread for $150. You don't want that to happen. 
But the Bible says that it will happen. That a quart of wheat will sell for a whole day's wage. What is that? A price hike. In economics, what is a price hike? A price hike is equal to inflation. And inflation is equal to a price hike. So if I want to increase the price of things, I can either go to all the people selling it, call them into a meeting. I says, Logan, James, Jaden, Matthew, you are the people that produce in this country. The rest of them, they're on welfare. So now that you're the ones producing, I want you to hike up the price of everything. Logan is like, yeah, I can do that. Matthew was like, well, that's more money for me. I can manage that. But James is like, that's not fair. I'm not going to hike up the price of anything. This is a terrible meeting. I'm going home. And because that already happened, the ones that have been raised to fulfill prophecy had to find another way. And so what is the other way to make the price of things go up when the producers have refused? Do you all know what I'm talking about? You know they wanted to jack up the price of oil, crude oil, and those guys refused. One or two countries in particular. They said, we're not going to do that. And they were like, okay. Keep the price of oil where you want it. We will just print more money. Because if I can cause an inflation, the prices of things will go up such that a quart of wheat will sell for a day's wage for a denarii. And that is why money has been printed so sporadically and been pumped out. We need to know these things because the Bible says the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night upon the ones who sit in darkness. He said, but you will know for you have been with the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 5. What, I, what I've been saying, when the Lord is with you, you know, but the ones outside, they do not. Not the ones sitting in darkness, the ones running into darkness. There's a difference. So here we are. He says that third horseman is coming. And now listen to what he says after that. Verse 7. He says, somebody says, praise God. Because the oil and the wine will not be hurt. Praise the Lord. That the oil and the wine will not be hurt. Because God is saying, look, you can jack up the price. But there will still be a flow. Because it's, it's only meant to move things around in the world. It's not supposed to just kill you. See, God is more strategic than that. He was like when, David, when Job was tempting, was being tempted by Satan. It was not because God wanted to shame Job. It was because he just needed to make room for the bigger blessing that is coming. So the oil and the wine still need to flow. Even though in time of Job, it was tears that flowed. If you got that, you got that. Verse 7 says, and he opened the fourth seal. And I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying. Okay, if you don't get it just yet, I'm going to just spell it out to you. When God came to us, how did he come to us? He sent his word and his word became flesh. So when the four living creatures were to come to this other side of eternity, what did they do? They sent their word. And that is the reason why they keep saying the fourth, the first living creature spoke. The second spoke. The third spoke. The fourth spoke. Because each time they speak, it becomes a horse. So you know that it's the same people that we're talking about. I hope you get it. That what is coming to the world that is terrifying people. Is there to make you whole. When the world is falling sick. Under a virus. In a pandemic. You should be getting made whole. You should be receiving healing. Look at how much healing the church has received. Since the pandemic started. A lot of the things that we thought needed to be part of our services. That have, not, that have been nothing but distraction. When I begin to shake off the beast into the fire. A lot of those people who have only gone to church because everybody is going to church have had a reason to re-examine their motives. And they have said to themselves, it doesn't matter if Andrea goes to church or not. It doesn't matter if James comes to church or not. I am going to go where the Lord has put his name simply because it is as he commands, not as you command. The world may be getting sicker and sicker, but we are getting to be made whole simply because the Lord is with us. The glory of the Lord has risen upon us. The Shekinah is with us. And verse 8. After the fourth living creature says come and see. <laughs> I like the way the Holy Spirit speaks to me. You know that it was raining just a little bit this morning. And while it was raining. He said to me. He said today I want you to share the secret of the rain. I'm like okay. 
what's the secret of the rain? The secret of the rain is as the water comes down from heaven. It was like, yeah, that's part of it. I said, but what is it that you're saying? He said, but there was no rain until the flood. I was like, oh, now I get it. The same thing that brought death to some has brought life to us. You see what I mean? The same sword that supposedly kept Adam and Eve from Eden was not to keep them out of Eden. It was to chase them toward the cross. Because if they had remained in Eden, they would have been eternally condemned in their fallen state like Lucifer and Co. And God was like, before they stretch forth their hand and eat of the fruit of life and live forever in this state. God was like, man, they're never going to grow taller than that. They're never going to look more beautiful than that. I don't want them to be stuck in that state forever. Send me that angel with the flaming sword so that they cannot get back in the garden. And when we were children, they told us that God did that and I felt so bad. I was like, oh, that's horrible. Because I can't imagine if someone drove me out of my room and I didn't have my Voltron toy to play with. But then my mom did so that rather than continuing to play with my Voltron toy, I will actually go and find really how to be the defender of the universe. That was a little cheesy. But y'all know Voltron, right? You know that superhero called Voltron, defender of the universe. From days of long ago, from legend to legend, was the legend of Voltron, the mighty robot. Loved by good, feared by evil. As Voltron legend grew, peace settled along the galaxy until a horrible menace came. Oh, man, come on now. Brother Lawrence, you should know. Am I that old? (laughs) But let me tell you something. At some point, you need to stop playing with the toys so that you can then be that superhero. So that's why the Lord put the sword there. The sword looked like he was there to cut them from life, but in reality, he was supposed to cut life so that they can have a place in it. Because that was the same sword that came into the hands of the Romans by the orchestration of God, and it pierced the side of Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, just like he did to the side of Adam so that Eve can come out, so that the church can be birthed. It's the same sword. So when you see death in Revelation, ask yourself, what side am I on? Am I close enough to God? Because if I am, yay, it is life. Verse 9, no, verse 8, he says, So I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was death, and Hades followed with him. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, that's one, with hunger, that is two with death that is three and by the beasts of the earth let me tell you something there were four living creatures who spoke four things from four seals there were four horses and there were four ways by which death was going to reign there are no five horsemen but what confuses people is the fact that the bible says that death came and then Hades followed Hades is hell. So I was telling you how the devil kills people. He comes and places the mark so that when death comes, he knows who to take. And when death has taken Hades, Hades or hell know when to come. I read all of that to you today to be able to let you know that in reality, there is an order to things. And do not be afraid, Jesus says, of the one who can kill the body. But be afraid of the one who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. So they were killed in their body. But the Bible says Hades also came behind to make sure that their souls were not spared. So I want to tell you this, folks. That's like the multidimensional manifestation of the power of God. In this place, it seemed like it worked against the fourth of the earth. But in reality, it is working for you. Because you are the fourth of the Trinity. And when I say Trinity, don't get me wrong, folks. I'm not preaching the same Trinity of the Council of Nicaea who are teaching the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the way that they teach it. But I teach it in terms of the faithful witnesses. Okay? Because I know that some people would be like, oh my God, are you teaching that stuff? No. I know better than that and you know. So don't be silly. It's not the concept of Nicaea. I say that because in my spirit, I know some people are beginning to look at me when I said you are the fourth. You are the fourth because you represent Jesus on the earth and he was the fourth man in the fire where the three witnesses were. 
You see, that's what I'm saying. So don't let's get it twisted. Uh, but if you were not even thinking that, bless your heart. <laughs> but I have to be careful because some of these things, I know people come to me later on. And I've got some pastor friends and some people that we call didascalos, teachers of the word or scholars of the word who will reach out to me later and say, oh, man of God, what's going on? You don't see them online. They don't watch online. But eventually they will come up and be like, wow, you too? No, not me too. Pun intended, not me too. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Yeah, you know, I, I say me too all the time. And people blame women for me too movement. And say, oh, they're trying to take over the world. They're doing too much. No, no, no. They're just doing what they are supposed to do. If the men don't take their place, the women will rise. So let the men go back to the Lord and become godly men once again. And you will see me too disappear very quickly and all the perversion that comes with it. So let's stop pointing to the other sheep that is limping. Saying, God, fix them first. God is saying, no, let me fix you. Judge with a righteous judgment. So let's bring those three things together quickly because my wife is already blowing up my phone at this time off. And, and, and I can see some people already leaning on one leg like they're ready to get out of here. Yeah, but it's good stuff, folks. We all need to hear it. But then at the end of the day, here is the deal. The Lord is saying, if the enemy is bringing the mark, it's because I also have a mark. He's copying me. And the mark that the enemy is bringing, right? What is the mark of the enemy? When the serpent strikes you, even though the venom is no longer in your system, the mark that it leaves is not a scar on your skin. It is the fear that is in your heart. Ask anyone who's ever been struck by a venomous snake who's been sick for days. Anytime they see anything that looks like a snake, the mark is seen. You see what I mean? So the enemy is putting marks on us in this world. COVID may come and go, but it leaves a mark. The famine may come and go, but it leaves a mark. And it's with that mark that eventually that people will die by the mark. Because death comes and is looking for the people who are afraid. It's looking for the people who have denied the Lord. It's looking for the people who have made for themselves a God. Because when trials came, they felt like God let them down. So they built for themselves a golden calf. And death is coming for all those people who have tried to replace the Lord with the system or with somebody else or by just themselves saying you know what I'm not even praying the last time I prayed nothing really happened so this time around I'm just going to pray to me and so when they come to the microphone to receive their award they'll be like I want to thank me for all I did yeah that's what the world's become now people are becoming gods to themselves it's called the golden calf it's not called the golden sheep it is called the golden calf because only babes would think of themselves as gods if you truly know God, you will be on the side of Moses, Joshua, and even Aaron. Aaron was there. Some of us, we've been there. We've, we've, we've gone after the world. But then as soon as um, we see the call that the Lord is making in the last days, we're like, guys, I know that I built you the golden calf, but I'm sorry. I'm checking out of here. I'm going back to the Lord. There are certain pastors, certain political leaders who are supposed to say the same today. We helped you build the calf, but we're sorry. We have seen the light now. We're going. You might lose that church building. You might lose that following. They may kick you out of that political party. They may kick you out of that association. It's okay. Let them kick you out of those places because those places are going to hell in a bundle. For the Bible says that the companionship of fools will be destroyed. Why would you die with a golden calf? It is just a golden calf. Go with the Lord. You, you see what I mean, Chris? But some people are just so attached to their affiliations. There is no affiliation that is worth holding on to. The only kind of separation that is endorsed by heaven is the ones who do the will of the Father. Not the ones who used to do the will of the Father, but the ones who do it today. The strategy of the enemy is to use the fathers and the mothers of faith. To lie to you today. They were the ones who are supposed to be guarding the temple. They are of the order of Caiaphas, the high priest. You trust them because in the 60s and in the 70s, they stood for the gospel. And today they're standing for the corporations and for the elite. They're standing for the one world government. And you're like, oh, well, well I mean, but I read their books when I was growing up. I went to the school that they paid scholarships to uh, or made scholarships available for. I need to follow. If you follow the dead body to the grave like a fly, you will be buried with it. Let me tell you something. Some of the political parties that you belong to, 
the people who are the found not the founding fathers but the people who were champions of the causes of those political parties i have since i've since been left on their own for the lord has left them but you're still there and now they're not doing the will of the father and you know it but you're like no i don't want to throw away my t-shirt i would rather enter heaven naked than to come with a t-shirt of an organization that the lord has not endorsed let me say this to you it's a very scary thing but when the holy spirit showed it to me a couple of days ago it humbled me he was like my mother mary the mother of jesus mary mary once did the will of god when the angel gabriel came to her i said you will be found with child by the holy spirit she was like oh my god she was like but it's okay be it unto me according to your word let thy will be done but when jesus became a man and he was preaching the gospel he was in the house people were listening to him where was mary mary was outside and what did jesus say mary came and she came with the brothers and sisters and they were like let him come out here where his family he needs to come talk to us and jesus sent word back to them he said <laughs> he said the ones that do the will of my father they are my mothers my mothers my brothers and my sisters i don't care what title you may have you may have done the will of god 33 years ago or 30 years ago if you're not doing it today you're out we may have come from the same womb but let me tell you something we were raised in the same denomination went to the same bible school we joined the same political association we've been voting the same since reagan but now i see that you're no longer doing the will of my father i'm not voting with you anymore he told that to his mama he said look if you are no longer doing the will of the father longevity is not legality in the kingdom of god only obedience A great separation has come upon the, earth, upon the earth. The power of God is coming. But only with the light. The mark is going to be revealed when the light shines. And I'm not going to say too much on that subject. But on Tuesday I'm going to tell you. That the light when it comes. It reveals the mark. The marks of the Lord Jesus. They're not visible. Until the light shines on it. Then it illuminates. And what is that light? What is that mark? I told you that today is a message on joy. Joy is the mark. Joy is the mark. Because when the darkness comes and people are sorrowful and fearful, will you raise a song in the night because of the joy of the Holy Spirit? That joy is the oil of the anointing that powers the lamp that allowed for the five wise virgins to meet the groom. If you are not filled with the joy of the Lord, guile will come out of your mouth. You will say that you are dead. You will say the virus is killing you. But when the joy of the Lord is on the inside of you, man may say there is a casting down. You will say there is a lifting up. Somebody dared to ask me a question the other day. What is the significance of the twins that went the womb of Tamar? That one of them was called Perez. And what was the, other, the name of the other one? Zira. Oh yeah, when you said Syria, I was like, no, not Syria. Yeah. Yeah, Zira and Perez. Perez means the bridge. But Zira means rising, lifting, elevation. And so when they come and there's a breach, they break every promise that they have made to us. When the world comes under attack and it's about to be smashed, guess what? It is praise that will lift you up. Let me tell you something. Joy is what allows for you to lift him up in the midst of difficult situations. And when you lift him up, he doesn't leave you behind. Jesus said, if you lift me up, I'll make sure that I take care of you also. He said, if I be lifted up, I will raise all. I will, I will lift you up. So let me tell you something. Joy is the mark. The way the enemy is going to give his mark to people is already doing it. The mark of the beast is already being given to people. The, the supernatural, the spiritual mark is fear. People are already being so afraid and so terrified. But the mark of the Lord is joy. And so when the angel comes to bring destruction upon the earth, this time around is not just the angel of death. You saw that it wasn't just the angel of death it was the sword it was the division it was this it was the scarcity the famine and then eventually the beasts of the earth they would kill and they would maim these beasts of the earth they are not animals they are men who have lost their souls to satan 
they will kill and they will maim. These guys are ready to reduce world population like crazy and they don't care simply because they're no longer men but they have become beasts. Anyway, story for another day. Today I want to pray for you in closing. That you will receive the mark of the Lord Jesus Christ. That you will open your heart to receive joy so that no matter what happens, when that darkness comes and the stars give their light, your mark is going to be revealed and you will be taken up into glory. Hades will come and take them. The fire will come and take these children of disobedience. But the mark that is on you is your passport for the exodus. You remember that Pastor Will came up here today and says, bring out your passport. I ask you today, bring out your passport and let it be endorsed with the visa of joy. And that is the mark that will be inspected when you get up yonder to be let in to his glory. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. It is by that joy of the Lord that you will overcome. It is by that joy of the Lord that Jesus was able to go through hell and then go up to heaven to receive that commendation. Arise and sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. It is joy, 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 unspeakable joy. The darkness is coming, but I have joy in me. And that joy of the Lord is my strength. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. Pastor Will, if you would hand out the bread and the wine. And as we break the bread and the wine today, I want you to remember that it is Passover. And the Bible says that Passover, the Lord Jesus came. And he rode into Jerusalem. And as he was riding into Jerusalem, they celebrated him. There was joy because God will not be found guilty. Because you will not be found justifiable with an excuse. So God made sure that there was the abundance of joy, of joyous celebration. Because of the persecution and the crucifixion. And so the world is celebrating Palm Sunday today. Where Jesus rode into Galilee. And they were laying palm tree, palm leaves and laying their garments in a joyous celebration. Whereas they were supposed to lay down their hearts to be filled with that joy. Jesus took all that joy because they wouldn't. And the Bible says for that joy he was able to endure the cross and despise the shame. But look at the disciples who followed him. The ones who were telling people, oh that garment is too cheap, we don't want that here, get out of here. That garment is no long enough. Well, that palm tree is dry. Get it out. Bring fresh ones. The guys who were there who were administering the joy. They did not get the joy themselves. And that was why in the garden of Gethsemane, there was no strength for them to pray. I want to encourage you folks. These times. Was it on Friday? I think you all need to start watching that Friday stuff. It's only an hour. You guys joined. I saw you and Eli. Oh, it was him who joined and your name was there. I saw your name, but me was him with your account. But then here is the deal. Here is the deal, folks. On that Friday, one of the th questions that was asked was, do we celebrate Jewish festivals? And I said, the word is not celebration. It is more understanding. We need to understand exactly what they mean. God gave them that calendar of the things that he would do upon the earth. And then he turned around to the Gentiles and said to them, he said, you see Israel? They are the stars that I showed Abraham. And they are the stars that I showed Moses. And I told Moses the stars will be for signs and for seasons. And so if Israel has been raised up as a sign, you don't need to pay attention to whatever is going on with them and whatever it is they're doing. And so when there is a Jewish holiday or a Jewish celebration, you need to know what it means. Don't just go there and eat meat. Don't just go there and listen to them blow the horn or be entertained. But know the meaning. A friend of mine today, maybe I'll reshare her post, Andy Jones. She's celebrating Passover, but she gave the meaning. She was like, this is what it means to me. A description of what to expect when the Lamb of God is being made manifest. 
And that is the reason why when these holidays come, we're not just looking for whose house we're going to go to. We're not just laying down our garments in celebration. We open up our hearts because it's an opportunity for us to receive the joy that will preserve us in the coming days. Thank you for tuning in and we pray this podcast has blessed you today. For more information about this church, check out www.communion.house. That's www.communion.house. Or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Communion House. Hungry for more life-giving content? Head over to Communion House on YouTube for a full catalogue, live and on demand. We're honoured to have your audience. Wherever you're tuning in from, thank you and God bless you today.